Pirates versus Tyrants. This is the Tom Wren Show, where we practice piracy on the enemies of freedom and liberty. Welcome, welcome, welcome today, folks. I am uh, I'm fired up right now about schools. I'm fired up about schools, right? Everywhere I look, I keep seeing the disaster that our public schools have become, and it's really a nightmare. And so this has been something that's really been bothering me, the way that these things are being done, the way that they're pushing transgenderism, pushing all this just horrific garbage in the schools. And, you know, schools have traditionally been the province of the state, not the feds. And, but this transgender and all this perversion and this grooming that's occurring at the schools. So I look at this and say, well, where is that coming from? How is that being done? Well, the way it's being done is that the feds are throwing money at the schools. And if the schools accept it, they have to accept the federal garbage. So you want the federal money, you got to accept the, the federal garbage. And unless the states say no, the schools can do that, right? So we have a really bad situation at the school the school systems because we have a really bad federal government that's using their their ability to print endless money and by the way let's remember the federal government is incentivizing and buying off these schools right we're going to give you millions of dollars for your school but you've got to teach uh, transgenderism and perversion to elementary school kids right that's what the the feds are saying well to do that, though, you've got to remember, they have to print money. So one thing that I'm going to tell you is, is McCarthy and this crew are going towards the debt ceiling talks. The first thing they ought to do is remove any funding for anything related to transgender anything in any school. That should be a hard condition for them to agree to any debt ceiling anything. If they go forward with raising the debt ceiling in light of the fact that they're doing this federally, then we know what the problem is. This is, I mean, that's the Republicans selling out. So I just want to make everybody aware that that's a big thing right now. Critical. This is not something that would be happening if we weren't spending the money from the federal government. And if we didn't print money that we don't have to, uh, to pay for our kids to be perverted, uh, it wouldn't be happening. So think about that. We are printing money that we don't have to try to, push this perversion and, and grooming on our children. And but for uh, the re Republicans going along with it, it won't happen. So the Republicans control this now. And ultimately what we need to do is we need to find out whether McCarthy is going to stand on this or he's not. And if he doesn't, we need to call him out on it because there is no reason for any Republican to allow anything related to the debt ceiling going forward so long as schools are behaving in this way. All right. So that's that, folks. But, and by the way, states can still push it. But it's the federal funding that's facilitating it and making it happen. So that's what we got to cut. So I, anyways, I'm looking at schools and I'm looking at this. And I'm thinking this through. And I know legally, you know, this is generally a province of the state and all these different things. I know the feds are doing what they're doing and how they're doing it. But I'm just thinking about this. I'm looking back at the historical context. <clears throat> and you got to understand that one of the things that's really been striking to me over the last, oh, probably six, eight months is when I think about our current situation in light of history, you know, historically, we're, we're a country that was founded on people that had a Tea Party and started a revolution over taxation without representation, you know, a tea tax. How do you get from there to here? So I'm looking at this, and one of the things that you don't know or hear about anymore 
And in my generation, I mean, I, honestly, I really hadn't thought about this much. How did the schools become so atheistic? How did they become so against faith? Were they always that way? Is that how public schools always were? So I did some homework because this is where I always start things. I was, and I started looking at the history of schools in our country. And it, it actually came from uh, uh, one of the uh, constitutional amendments from the Ohio Constitution, right? Uh, one of the things that I noticed was in that, con in that amendment, they talk about uh, churches and schools interchangeably and that they talk about, you know, teaching kids uh, to be good people, good moral people. Well, that got me thinking, well, wait a second. If that's the case, what what was going on? Because this is back from the 1850s. What was going on? So I started doing homework, right? So I'm going to give you guys a little homework here, a little bit of background. Schools were not uh, at all something that was a part of America when we were founded. I mean, it, where there were schools, they were local, maybe supported by a state, but they weren't, there was no big national school thing. There was no federal anything on schools. It was not part of our constitution. It was not part of our country. It was just something that, uh, you know, people realized they needed. So they got together and did made sure their kids were educated, which we all can agree needs to be done. Right. So going back to the 1600s, uh, the first high school in America was founded in 1635 in Boston as Boston Latin School. It's the first public high school in America, and I believe it's still in operation today. Here's what you don't know. That school was founded by the Puritans. And back then, uh, they, the Puritans and the religious people felt that school was a critical thing. We had to have education so that kids could learn about faith and learn how to read the Bible and learn about religion and values and how to be good people. And it was a way of helping kids grow up with common values in a community so that we could live and work together. What? That's right, folks. It was a religious institution. Schools in this country came from Christian faith. You know, the nation that they want to say was not founded on Christian values. Uh, there were no schools other than the religious schools. And uh, back in the mid-1600s, and I'm, I'm looking over and referencing my stack, uh, uh, Massachusetts decided that, uh, you know, any towns of more than 50 or so people should have uh, or a public elementary school, right? They need to teach these kids. And it was done to ensure that kids could read and learn and understand about the Bible. Schools were not brought into this country to teach you liberal arts, to teach you pottery. There was no college of, um, where you could major in pottery or art history at this point in time. What it was, was teaching kids to be good people. Communities coming together to raise their children up together. That's the origin of public schools in this country. It was a faith-based, a Christian faith-based initiative. Okay? Uh, in fact, even through the 1800s, schools, it was faith. It was all about faith. Uh, we have 
all sorts of things going on where you saw these schools that were basically generally, they were frequently housed in churches. The church is where the kids went to school. They would learn a little bit of church, a little bit of school, and that was that. Now, that's after we were a country and after the ratification of the First Amendment. Okay? There was no is issue then. Separation of church and state did not mean separation of church from state. It did not mean the, the separation of religion from anything that the state was involved in. It just meant that the, that the courts or the, the state couldn't endorse a specific religion. And in fact, what it was really about was making sure that we didn't have another Church of England type situation, uh, which the colonists had escaped from, where the church was being used as a, as a weapon to control people. They wanted to believe how they wanted to believe, but they all believed in Christian values. And they were okay with people of other values, but we were a Christian nation founded on Christian values. That is where we came from, folks. It was not ever intended for the First Amendment to be what it is. In fact, as education expanded, uh, and by the way, the first do you know when the Department of Education was founded? The United States Department of Education was founded in 1867. The law that created the Department of Education, I actually, I, it took some digging to find this, was a solid four paragraphs long. Do you know what the Department of Education was there created for? Well, I'm going to tell you. This is the first paragraph. And uh, the relevant paragraph as to what the part of the part. So be it enacted by the Senate and House of Representatives of the United States of America and Congress assembled that there shall be established an entity of Washington, a Department of Education, for the purpose of collecting such statistics and facts as shall show the condition and progress of education in the several states and territories, and of diffusing such information respecting the organization and management of schools and school systems and methods of teaching as shall aid the people of the United States in establishment and maintenance of efficient school systems and otherwise promote the cause of education throughout the country. Folks, to assist the people, right? It's our job to create schools. It wasn't the government's job. We didn't look to the government. It was our job. You build a community, you build a school. You teach your kids. It's not the government's job to tell you how to teach your kids. Our founding fathers would have pulled out muskets if you tried to tell them what to do with their kids. That was it. It was to collect data and share with people what was going on so that they could decide whether they were you know, making their school work. It's just to assist the people in doing what they do. And this wasn't until 1867. Okay? So understand that here still in 1867, no one was questioning the fact that the churches and the schools were basically the same thing. Fast forward to 1890, you got the Morrell laws. Those laws said that you can't discriminate based on color. They were the first anti-discrimination laws, which is great. As post-Civil War, they're you know trying to eliminate the discrimination. It didn't work. We still had separate but equal. Uh, you know, uh, Plessy v. Ferguson, Brown v. Board. But uh, until the 60s, they were still, you had these nightmare separate but equal racist garbage stuff in our system. But uh, even as early as 1890s, we were working on getting, you know, wiping out some of this discrimination. 
But still, the churches and the schools were the same. Now, if you fast forward, the churches and the schools being one and the same, and the pushing and promotion of Christian ideals and teaching kids to be good moral people continued. It did not stop, and it continued for quite some time. Then, in the 60s, um, let's see, what year was that? Uh, let's see here. Uh, I don't recall. I want to say 62. Uh, we had Engel v. Vitale. And that is uh, where things really went to the pot. And that case was a First Amendment case. And the Supreme Court was looking at the situation. And basically, uh, New York, the state of New York, folks. So think about that. The state of New York. We're talking about the liberal lunatic state of New York had a law that required that public schools open each day with the pledge and then a non-denominational prayer. Now, students were allowed to not pray if they chose not to. Anybody that wanted to pray could. If you didn't want to, you couldn't. So this goes to the Supreme Court, and uh, the Supreme Court, and to my mind, one of the worst cases in history, decided 6-1, that uh, that that acted to promote religion in violation of the First Amendment. So, uh, just a little under two hundred years after after the First Amendment comes into play, we suddenly decide that the schools that had been running for for almost two hundred years as places that taught morals and values and faith no longer should do that. They should no longer do that now. Uh, we start seeing the separation of church from state, where the, where we start seeing these cases and this movement to where the uh, the church is no longer considered uh, an acceptable thing, and and the state has to ostracize the church. It's not enough to not take a position. Uh, the the courts start pushing this kind of proactive get rid of faith. Understand, this isn't until 1962. So from the founding of our country until until 1962, schools having you stand up, say the pledge and pledge and pray if you chose, that was a normal thing. It was a standard part of our our schools. Uh, anybody notice anything that happened after 1962? Anybody notice any decline in our society? Uh, anyways, so. The point here, folks, is that we, in the last 60 years, since 1962, have completely rewritten our educational system. And it's gone from a system that taught us to have common values and morals as Americans to a system that is now promoting perversion, transgenderism, atheism, hate America, racism, and CRT, all of this nonsense. Our schools are now being used as a weapon against our children and against our families and against our values. Think about that, folks. Think about that. Think of the, how profound that is. Think of the fact that for for almost 200 years, we did the same thing. Then an activist court in 1962 decides that it's going to go another direction. This is why 
challenging the courts occasionally and reminding them of the mistakes that they've made is so important. They've made mistakes. Ingo Vitale is a major mistake. And it was the beginning of one of the greatest periods of decline in American history. We built up until then. Then as we continued to bring in more and more trash to our public school while removing God and removing family and removing values, our country has declined. As every empire in history has done when God was removed, our country has declined since there was no God. Guys, I need you to support me. Back me at TomRens.com. Join my Substack. Uh, we just put out a great article today. Uh, eager for you guys to look at that. Talking about the CIA's malfeasance and involvement in the Kennedy assassination. Uh, we, we, you know, we just get truth out. That's what we do: is we fight for truth. But go to TomRens.com. Support us there. Help us. Uh, buy from our sponsors. In my pillow, use the Rens at checkout. If you're going to buy gold, go to bh-pm.com. Use you know, tell them Ren sent you. If you're going to buy vitamins, go to Naputi. He's got them. We've got all this stuff up there, and we're getting ready for a major relaunch. We're going to be a major relaunch this week. I'm excited to tell you more about that coming up. But please support us so we can keep fighting for you guys and bring you this info. We'll be back soon. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. All right, folks, welcome back. Welcome back. Well, yeah, speaking of education, I would be very remiss in talking about education without addressing one of the most important academic developments of the last decade or two. And that is the advent and promotion of the concept of the furry. That's right, folks, the furry. Uh, do you know what the furry is? 
Okay, so there, this is one part fact, one part fiction, and an awful lot of stuff that I really can't confirm. So I want you to take this with a little bit of a grain of salt here. So a while back, someone came, uh, started talking about there being uh, kitty boxes in, in schools for people. Now, I haven't been able to confirm this. There's been a number of people that have said, yes, this has happened. And my guess is that it probably has happened in a place or two, but as soon as people found out that they did it, they pulled it. And, uh, you know, so they end up, then they say, well, it's a conspiracy theory. It never happened. And maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. So I don't know. I, I can't say that I can confirm uh, with accuracy outside of having been told in a several uh, several instances that any schools actually have litter boxes for their students. So I'm putting this out there with a request. If any of you can actually show me that your school does provide a litter box for students, I'd be very excited to see that. Please send them over, share them, put them on my Twitter feed, put them somewhere, tag me. I would love to see pictures of litter boxes in schools if that's true. But what I have heard from a number of teachers firsthand is that there are kids who decide that they want to pretend they're cats, dogs, whatever, and just whether they're being disrespectful or just jerks, uh, the teacher will call them and on them, and instead of them answering, they'll bark or meow or do something stupid. Uh, in my day, that would have resulted in you going to the principal's office and eventually the principal pulling that big stinking paddle off the wall that existed uh, when I was a kid. Uh, because that was the ultimate uh, reason that you ended up listening to the principal, because you just didn't want to be with the board. All right. It worked, folks. It worked. And, you know, the, uh, the psychologists say, oh, well, you, you, you ruined your ability for the child to trust you if you do that. Well, you know what? The kid doesn't need to trust the school. He just needs beat into submission, I guess. I don't know. Um, I, I, uh, of course I'm being a bit flip here and joking a bit, but anyways, uh, the furries, right. And, uh, there's a, there's an article, uh, in the, the alphabet soup section here of LGBTQ nation, which is apparently a thing. I don't know who the hell would read or listen to that. But talk about a Republican lawmaker from Illinois who was talking about this. And, uh, you know, I don't really care that he was talking about it. You know, maybe he's talked to someone who's who's seen that happen in their school. Maybe he hasn't. I don't know. Here's the real issue, though. Uh, This has become a more controversial thing in the sense that nobody really, well, I can't say nobody. I haven't heard any sane person try to argue that kitty boxes in a school is a good idea. Uh, I mean, it's a health hazard. It's ridiculous. You know, I've been told that it's true. I've been told it's false. But if you want to know, the reality is, is that I, I can't verify it. I can verify that I've heard it's happened a bunch of times, but I cannot confirm that, uh, you know, this is something that, that is uh, legitimate. What I can what I can also confirm is this: people are asking whether or not it's legitimate. They're asking if it's legitimate, right? Uh, you know, the, you got kids. Uh, they 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 can't wear hats. They can't wear this. They can't wear especially you know God things or things like that. 
but but they can wear uh, they can wear cat ears or masks or leashes or whatever. Um, they can do all sorts of, of silliness like that. And uh, so this is something that people think is believable. People think that it's believable. Now, whether or not it's true, and it may be true. I'm not, I am not in any way, shape, or form discounting the fact that it's possible that someone put a kitty box in a school. I mean, that's certainly not something I'd put past them. The fact that I wouldn't put it past them is actually the issue, right? So we talked about schools. We talked about schools being, you know, coming from kind of this Christian background and, uh, you know, from this cross-section of, of, of values and things that, that, that founded our nation. And we're now at a point where there's a legitimate debate going on about whether it's truthful or not that schools are putting kitty boxes in. Think about that, folks. Think about that. Can you imagine that the Puritans, when they started this, that school in the 1630s, can you imagine if someone said, well, hey, let's put a kitty box in there for the kids? Uh... I mean, they had an outhouse probably back then. But, I mean, imagine if the concept would have held. Imagine if someone would have suggested that's stupid. So, I mean, that's just insane. So we've got that. Now, the reason that this is posted in LGBTQ whatever is that they're equating the anti-furry with anti-trans. And I'm just going to be honest. When it comes to kids, I'm anti-both. Uh, you're not a cat and you're not anything other than what you were born. It's just that simple. Uh, And let me be real clear here. Uh, As far as trans goes, it's, it's, it's a mental disorder. I mean, right. It's gender dysphoria. And if it's not gender dysphoria, it's not a choice. It's, it's stupidity. Um, So you either have a mental, a mental problem or you're an idiot. I, that's just the way I see it. Uh, you, You have the right to be an idiot. You have the right to be anything you want, but I have the right to think you're an idiot. So that's the way that is. Uh, the The trans thing in school is something that they're pushing because they're now trying to promote trans to children. You know, the, the don't say gay bill in Florida really had nothing to do with saying gay or anything else. It just said keep this perversion away from third graders and under. That makes sense to me. Why do you need to talk about sex of any kind with a third grader or a kindergartner? What kind of a pervert does that? You don't, unless you're a sick pervert, right? Um, but these sorts of things and behaviors and, and other such things are, they're so pre- prevalent now that it's becoming very realistic to ask, would my school put in a litter box for kids to go take a crap in a litter box because they're just that screwed up? Folks, it's it's really a shocking thing. And then what happens is, is, is instead of looking at how did we get to a point that that's a legitimate question, instead of saying, wait a second, there are a lot of people that really think this might be happening. And instead of examining whether it actually has happened, what we have instead is just oh, you're crazy, you're, we're going to fact check you, we're going to, didn't happen in this school. Well, what about that school? Can you confirm to me that no school in this country has put a litter box in for any kid? 
I don't know, folks. I just think that we, we've fallen so far and uh, our, our society has crashed so badly. I just don't know, uh, you know, what, what we do sometimes to get it back. I mean, I, I know what we're doing. We're fighting. We're, we'll win this, but it's just a tough thing. So meanwhile, uh, you know, you have a legitimate conversation occurring. And what this conversation is, is not about in any way, shape, or form kitty boxes. Uh, what it's about is, uh, you know, whether this stuff could actually happen. Now, here's, here's another thing. Now, let's, let me tie this in further, right? Because this is really important. And my brilliant, brilliant, brilliant producer sent me uh, this, this additional article also from LGBTQ Nation, uh, headline, school board proposes banning furries after rumors of litter boxes in schools spread. Uh, we have classrooms without teachers, and now you're wasting our time focusing on fur furries. Uh, so this, this school board put forth a, you know, a resolution, hey, let's ban these, these furries, uh, and, and these people are having a fit over it. Now, the premise of the article is that, well, why are you worried about that when we have no teachers and, and things like that, right? Well, meanwhile, nobody is arguing about this. Nobody is nobody's dealing with this. If, you know, listen, it takes 30 seconds to pass this ban. If you're not, if no one's dressing that way, if that's not an issue, why the hell do they need, would anybody oppose them doing it, right? Why oppose this ban? Doesn't even make sense. You know, who is opposed to, to banning furries in school? Uh, folks, I just got to tell you, we, we do know, I know, I've talked to teachers who firsthand told me about kids wearing cat ears or cat tails and things like that. Are there litter boxes? I don't care. What the hell happened to our schools? What the hell happened? Now, uh, I'm not the only one who's heard these stories firsthand. Lauren Bobert's, uh, Bobert's talked about it. All sorts of famous people have talked about it. You know, the fact that kids are doing the meowing and barking is something that a lot of teachers have told me that I've ran across across the country. Um, I suppose it could be possible that every one of these teachers that have told me this it could be lying. I can't prove otherwise, but I'm not a teacher. But why should I doubt them all? Why should I doubt this is happening? Why should I doubt that kids who would pretend they're a boy or pretend they're a girl when they're not would, uh, would, would even consider uh, yeah, having an issue with, with someone you know, pretending they're a cat? What's the difference if you pretend you're a cat or you pretend you're a boy when you're a girl, right? As a 46-year-old man, I am no more a girl then I am a cat. So what's the difference which one I want to pretend to be? If reality doesn't matter, I can pretend to be anything I want. I frequently talk on this show about pretending to be a dinosaur, which is, by the way, my preferred animal. I'm going, I would, if I'm going to pretend to be someone, it's going to be a dinosaur, folks. I just want you to be aware. Dinosaurs are super cool. I like Jurassic Park. Uh, I really like the Jurassic World movies. And so if I'm going to pretend to be an animal, it's going to be a dinosaur. And I want to say raw. 
I'm just gonna. I want. I want to just walk up. Rar. I'm a dinosaur, because uh, that's much better than wolf or meow. Wolf or meow. Yeah, it's kind of lame. Rar. That's good. That's good. That's good stuff there. Um, the normalization of this perverse delusional nonsense is really the core of this question. We keep having to deal with these questions. What is happening to our children? What are they doing to our children? What happened to schools being a place where children learn to be good, upstanding human beings who contribute to society? How are they learning that? How are they learning anything related to that? Well, you know, we had a local school. I live in Fremont, Ohio. Small town, 12,000 people, very, very red community, uh, very, very red county, surrounded by other red counties. And I will tell you, local to me, we had a school in a rural community that had a three-day seminar that went on for three days for eighth grade students, eighth grade, right, 13, 14-year-olds on pornography. I'm just going to tell you, folks, I don't know what there is to talk about for three days. I could, if you asked me, and, you know, I talk for a living, whether it's in court, whether it's on the you know, radio, TV, whatever, I, I could not think of three days worth of, of content that I could possibly convey on porn. What the hell do they have to say for three days? And why are you t- talking to eighth graders about porn? Here's the conversation for an eighth grader on porn. Don't watch it. Don't do it. Stay away from it. Any other questions? Or, you know, if you have an eighth grader and you, you see that they're doing it, you, the, the conversation's real quick. You've just lost your phone forever. You have lost internet privileges forever. And you may get it back when you're 40. Seems real easy to me, right? I, I don't see why that's a complicated conversation. It didn't take me three days. I just finished everything there is to say about that in like two sentences. But no, uh, we have a school, a rural school here in Ohio, three days straight on porn. And here's the best part. Here's the best part. So a lot of this is coming, as I said in the first segment, from Title IX. And, uh, you know, from this stuff where where Biden's pushing uh, anti-sex discrimination, which Biden has now decided includes people who have delusional uh, gender dysphoria disorder. And so what's happening is, is these schools are taking massive federal money to get bought off to uh, pervert our children. And the superintendents are telling these schools, I've been told this personally several times, that teachers were told that if they tell anybody in the public that this is what's going on, they are going to be fired. If the if this leaks out, we'll track the source and you will be fired. So they, you know, none of this information is made public. Parents don't know what's happening. Nobody knows what's happening. Unless you're paying close attention, you don't know your kids are being uh, groomed in school. And, you know, then when people hear a rumor about a cat box in a school, they're surprised that people don't, uh, people are will, interested and willing to believe it. Well, I'm going to tell you, folks, let me tell you where I stand. I understand that the kitty boxes in school uh, are, you know, uh, controversial, maybe not proven. And I understand that it's ridiculous 
But as far as I'm concerned, if uh, you know, if it's not happening, what's it, what's uh, how can you how can I trust that it's not happening? You know, how can I trust? I'm looking right now at a blog post, also sent to me by my brilliant producer, um, and all about furries. And I'm not going to talk about the site, and I'm not going to share the site because anything about it's stupid. Now, listen, folks, they're as credible as a trans person. You know, you want to pretend you're a cat, you want to pretend you're a boy. What's the difference, right? Either way, you're just pretending. It's if you believe it, you're delusional. If you don't believe it, well, you're an idiot. Um, you know, at some point, you should grow beyond that. But uh, that's it. That's all I have to say about it. Uh, well, I'll probably have more, but it, it's just ridiculous, and it, it just goes to this whole thing. It's just unbelievable. Uh, folks, we need your support. We need you to get yourself a Genesis HOCL and some Cofix. Genesis will kill the germs in the air. Cofix will kill the germs in your sinuses. And together, they will keep you healthy. You want to click on the banner ad, and you want to uh, include the out loud code at checkout. If you include the out loud code, you get a big discount. You get a great couple products, and they'll keep you healthy. They'll keep your family healthy. And uh, just, just a wonderful set of products. I'm happy to endorse them. And I also want to ask you, please, share this show. Help us get it out there. We spread by word of mouth. We'll be right back. AmericaOutloud.com. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. Loud. All right, folks, here we go. Stack of stuff time, and there is a real stack. And, you know, the place that I want to start is with uh, uh, Naomi Wolf, right? So Naomi Wolf, who I have an immense amount of respect for. Naomi Wolf is a traditional leftist who, you know, was honest 
she actually, she was intellectually honest. She did her homework, found out that this COVID thing was nonsense. And she's been nothing but, uh, but dedicated and hardworking and fighting this. Daily Cloud is a great entity. I, I like what she's doing. Just pushing back to get truth out there. I love that. And the thing that I really appreciate about it, folks, is for me, you know, not not believing that the government was good or that they were shady or something like that wasn't a real big stretch. I mean, you know, I kind of tend to think that they're garbage anyways. I respect just infinitely someone who can come from the ideological perspective that Naomi came from, who is so open-minded and willing to actually look at things that she can, you know, come to the, come to the conclusion that anybody looking at the evidence would. So I got a lot of respect for her. Well, uh, Naomi did an interview uh, with a crew out of uh, Britain, the British News Network, and the headline: This is from Newsweek. Uh, news organization punished for promoting vaccine conspiracy theory. Well, first of all, nothing that Naomi's saying is conspiracy theory, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, the The simple fact is, is what they're talking about. So Naomi appeared on what some called the GB News, uh, which I suppose is probably Great Britain News. And uh, they are, you know, what's supposed to be a conservative news channel. I don't know GB News. They could very well be a great conservative outlet. I don't know. But she appeared on there. And uh, she compared the COVID vaccine road, uh, rollouts to premeditated mass murder and compared to the practice, uh, practices of the doctors in pre-Nazi Germany, which I think is actually a very fair comparison. I mean, these guys knew they weren't safe. They knew they were ineffective. They knew they were downright dangerous. They pushed it out anyways. We've got evidence on that. This isn't conspiracy theory, folks. Naomi has looked at a lot of stuff. Her organization has done a lot of research on this. They've dug, dug, dug. And, you know, the th simple reality is, is that that's not false. It is. It's very similar to what happened in Nazi Europe. That uh, just is. And I don't care whether you like it or not. So anyway, so Naomi comes out and she talks about this. Well, this group actually is getting censored now and dealing with a bunch of nonsense in Great Britain because they had the audacity to go out and speak against uh, his his majesty, the king's throne, and this uh, just ridiculous nonsense related to COVID vaccines. It is unbelievable, folks, unbelievable. These people are, are acutely aware of what's going on. They know, everybody, the evidence is there, folks. We've got the evidence. There's no question that these were dangerous. There's no question that these were a disaster, yet they're still censoring people and going after them for telling the truth. I find it to be appalling and uh, just, just outright horrific. Okay, so we're gonna move on. And uh, like I said, I do like uh, Naomi and uh, the Daily Clout. So uh, moving on. This is from uh, The Week. Headline, why are mass shootings rare in other countries despite high levels of gun ownership? Now, this is, uh, despite the headline, not exactly the article you'd think. What this is, is a leftist attempt to try and explain why it is that countries like Finland Switzerland, and Switzerland have huge, huge levels of gun ownership, but no mass shootings. See, they want you to believe that it's related to 
having certain types of guns or certain this or certain that. And so they go through and they talk about these different countries and what they have. And they try and say, well, but they've got anti-assault rifle we- uh, ban- uh, laws and anti-this and uh, con- tracing. they trace the ownership and they have national registries. They have all these other things. So they, they try and make it like there's some legitimate uh, reason legislatively that this is happening. But the reality is, is if you go through this, and you go through this article, what you see is that there are a lot of countries with massive, massive numbers of guns, and they don't have mass shootings. What's the difference between Switzerland and the United States or Finland and the United States? Well, the main difference is this. They aren't trying to pervert their children. They aren't causing mental illness, and they aren't having a, a war on the, the same people of the countries. You know, America is a nation in distress right now, folks. We are attacked from every direction. If you are any sort of a traditional, sane, Christian, value-having person, you feel like you are under attack 24-7. Further, if you look at the people who are committing these mass shootings, most of them are leftist lunatics. Almost universally, they have severe mental illnesses. Almost universally, they're on some sort of a pharmaceutical uh, usually an antidepressant and some other things. Uh, many times we see lately, you know, people who are trans, you know, they're delusional and suffering from mental illness like gender dysphoria. You know, over and over, there's a million reasons this is happening. They're all cultural, folks. The, the guns don't kill people, right? Guns, guns in the history of guns, no gun has just woke up, got up, walked out of its bedroom and shot someone doesn't work that way. It's never happened that way. That is not how guns work, folks. The mass shootings are the result of the, the just depravity of our nation. The lack of respect for life, the lack of respect for law, the ra- lack of respect for anything, the lack of self-respect. You know, the gun issue that we're having in this country is not a gun issue. The issue we're having is people who are mentally ill, who are screwed up. Because we have no values, no common sense, no common core as a nation. You know, what about the guy who drove the SUV into all the dead people? Should we ban SUVs? Perhaps the, the SUV decided to kill people. I always got a boot out of Rush uh, when he talked about his uh, SUV updates and things like that. Or, you, you know, the SUV did this and the SUV did that. Well, apparently the SUVs are back and, and they killed people down there in Texas. But, yeah, are we going to ban them? Perhaps we need an SUV ban. Oh, they're trying to already. I mean, in favor of electric garbage vehicles. But anyways, the point being, this is not a gun problem in the United States. If there's a gun problem, it's that more people don't know how to use them and carry them because then they could shoot these mass murders before they kill anybody. So anyways, how do you, how do you think about that, folks? All right, next one. Next one. This one... I, I get a boot out of. And this is from The Hill. Uh, headline, press, unanimous SCOTUS decision, who needs ethics? Okay, so this is by some guy, Bill Press. I have no idea who Bill Press is, and I don't really care. And uh, he opens up with an incorrect statement. You must admit it. It would be boring if we all agreed on everything, but, 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 there are three issues that we can all agree on. Uh, well, he, this is where we, he and I differ. 
Okay, so he's, his, his issues are, are gun safety to protect Americans. I completely disagree with that. Anything he's going to say about that, I'm sure I disagree with, unless it's everybody needs guns and training. Uh, you know, Give everybody a gun, show them how to use it, teach them to respect it, get rid of the mental illness. That's the gun control that we need. Uh, learn Teaching people to aim better is proper gun control in my mind. All right. Um, but, 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 but. I do agree with him on a second point. Federal government should pay its bills. I agree. Uh, His third point, though, is the one that's relevant here. And this is the one that's really, really uh, an important one. The third item in which we uh, there should be no disagreement, that the members of the Supreme Court should be subject to the same ethics rules that apply to every other federal judge. That, that I agree with. Okay, that I agree with. Uh, in fact, uh, they should not only be subject to the same ethics rules, we actually need to strengthen ethics rules on, on judges. Now, this guy, I, I don't know what, what this guy's doing. I mean, he's, he seems a little flaky to me, but he's talking about uh, Justice Thomas. Justice Thomas didn't do anything wrong. That whole thing's a farce. And what about, uh, uh, oh, what's her name, that... that uh, that was it wouldn't recuse herself from the case where she made it was you know potentially paid millions of dollars previously it was reported uh, earlier the justice thomas thing is a farce the idea however that we need stronger ethics rules for our judges is absolutely to my mind unquestioned we do from the Supreme Court on down, and not only do we need stronger ethics rules, we need greater accountability. There is no important, more important issue to this country than ensuring an ethical judiciary. If there is not a fair and, a, and unbiased legal system where people can re- obtain redress when things are done wrongly or poorly and in accordance with the, the plain language of the law, our nation will collapse. It is absolutely necessary. Now, while this uh, lunatic is talking about Justice Thomas, I would say this uh, a greater example of where this should apply are the people pushing for sanctions against uh, lawyers who are filing good faith lawsuits against uh, election issues. I think that that judges who are who are issuing opinions that that are in str- clear violation of the plain language of the law. There should be a mechanism for redress. There needs to be a mechanism for holding judges accountable when they abuse their power. How do you do that? You know, shouldn't there be a lawsuit available? Shouldn't there be some sort? Why are they immune from everything? It seems uh, awful convenient. You're the judge. You get to make yourself immune from everything. Um, there, there does need to be stronger ethical rules and guidelines in the judiciary, and they should apply universally, and I'm a big fan of that. So I agree with this guy uh, in what he's saying. I think he's a bit of a buffoon for, you know, this, this whole Clarence Thomas thing is absolutely ridiculous. There's no accusations that anything Thomas, yeah, but he got gifts from someone. So what? This guy's gifts were unrelated to any any litigation before him, so who cares? You know, I mean, he's he's a Supreme Court justice. Of course, they want to fly him around and talk to him. He's an interesting guy. Who wouldn't want to talk to him? 
I mean, even if you're a leftist, wouldn't you be curious to hear what he has to say and learn from the guy? I mean, whatever. Yeah, so by virtue of his position, maybe he got to take a few trips. So what? As long as it didn't affect his, his ruling as a judge, who cares? But there are, there are political pressures and other things that are occurring where judges are doing things that, to my mind, appear less ethical and where they should be held accountable. And that's a very difficult thing to do. And no one's talking about that. Instead, all they want to do is talk about Clarence Thomas. And that's just absolutely ridiculous. So that's that. Um, moving on. This is something that I think is particularly interesting. Now, mind you, I've been talking about mRNA vaccines and transmissible vaccines through the food supply. These things are absolute truth and proven, okay? You can do this. There are licensed uh, transmissible vaccines that are being created in Canada. Uh, there's numerous studies. There is no question that you can create edible vaccines. Headline in Politico, Senate GOP leaders watch debt limit collide with their coveted farm bill. Well, Crook McDonald, uh, McConnell and, and some of the ED leader McConnell and some of these others, you know, these Republicans that want to buy their way back in, they really want to spend a trillion dollars on this ag bill. A trillion dollars, folks. Why the hell do we need a trillion dollar farm bill? What is happening there? Now, do you think that any local farmers are going to get anything out of that? No. You know what's going to happen with that trillion dollars? Bill Gates and the CCP factory farms are going to get rich as hell. Uh, Pfizer, Bayer, Merck, all these people who are playing games and stuff like that, they're going to get rich as hell. But the local farmers are going to get nothing out of it. Nothing. They'll get peanuts out of it. They'll get, they'll get you know, a, few, a few things to keep them smiling. But it's garbage. There's no reason for this to be a trillion dollars, folks. There's nothing there. And why are, are people like McConnell pushing for it? Well, because he wants to make sure his CCP factory farm buddies get paid off. That way they keep paying him. McConnell's a crook. If he likes the legislation, I don't. I don't care what it is. Uh, just that simple. There is nothing that we that could justify us spending a trillion dollars at this point on agricultural anything. Our egg is a disaster. You want to do something for egg? Get the big factory farms out of it. Quit letting Bill Gates and the CCP buy our fa farms. Put it back in American hands. Put it in the hands of local farmers. Support local farmers, local ranchers. That's what you do to make farming a, a useful thing. There, I guarantee you, this bill is a disaster. A trillion-dollar egg bill is something we all need to oppose. I don't care which Republicans want to pay off their special interests to do it. It is not a good bill. I don't care who's advocating for it. It needs to go away. It is garbage. There's nothing that, that could justify us spending a trillion dollars to, to enrich these billionaire scumbags by even further. There's nothing, nothing, nothing that justifies that, folks. I cannot tell you how strongly I oppose this bill and everything that they're trying to do in it. And this, folks, is why the Republicans don't like me, because it's they're you know, just like the Democrats. Somebody's always trying to pay off their special interest buddies, and they're mad because I don't like doing any of it. Well, I don't. I don't care. McConnell's an ED leader. He's a crook. 
only thing he stands for, only time that that flaccid piece of crap can stand strong on anything is when it's to, when he's getting bought off. The guy needs to be thrown out of the Republican Party forever. Uh, just absolutely infuriating to me, folks. Absolutely infuriating. Uh, other headlines, we don't really have time to get into this, but uh, there's a headline in uh, Salon where they are just crying, crying, crying about the Republicans on the state level. As much as I dislike uh, McConnell and the Republicans that are selling out as rhinos, uh, there's a lot of great Republicans, and particularly at the state level. You find the good conservatives and the patriots that actually live live what they're doing. Uh, not in Missouri. Missouri's got a, parent, a lot of rhinos. They've only got a few real good ones. But um, uh, Dean Plocker, anybody rhino Dean Plocker that wouldn't pass uh, informed consent? Um, but... The, yeah, the, these local Republicans are much better. And these, this article is just whining because these guys are playing political hardball like the left does all the time. Somehow it's uh, what's right for thee is not right for, for me. Uh, and it's just what's going on there. Folks, I need your support. Subscribe to my Substack, tomrens.substack.com. Uh, you know, go to tomrens.com, see what we're doing. Get ready. We're getting ready to launch some really cool stuff there. I'm actually really excited about what we're going to do with this website coming up. It's going to be great. Uh, there's going to be some great things happening there. I just, I'm really looking forward to it, folks. I really am. Uh, lots of good things happening, but we need your support. We need your help. We need your backing. Watch us this weekend at the reawakening tour. I'm looking forward to it. Got some neat things there. Going to be great stuff. We will see you very soon. 